Welcome to Intentional Living from our studios in Tucson today. And uh, we this actually is a program that I record a little bit earlier in the week because tonight I'm live in Michigan uh, as we start our Intentional Love Marriage Date Night, East Lansing. Hope you're ready. Sold out. We're going to have a great night. Then tomorrow uh, over in Auburn Hills at the Auburn Hills Christian Center with uh, Pastor Cal. Tonight with Pastor Mark. Mark Crane. Hey, listen. Mark is built and God is just led in growing a fantastic church and outreach in East Lansing. Looking forward to tonight as we have a chance to really unpack some things about having an intentional marriage. It'll be a lot of fun. So looking forward to that. Uh, we're taking your calls on our comment line at 888 Let's get going. Starting uh, with Beth in Arizona. Hi, Beth. How are you? Hi there. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. I love your program. I'm a long-time listener. <laughs> Thank you so much for being there. <laughs> um, I was just curious. I'm trying to keep um, balance in my life with my 16-year-old son regarding um, not overpowering, but definitely encouraging and trying to be there for him um, and regarding his school matters, uh, well, in all life. Um, but the main issue lately has been the school. Um, the, the typical teenagers, you know, it's like, I want to believe everything he says because every word out of his mouth is important to me or a clue or a sign. You want to believe him, but can you believe him? Right. So it's kind of the iffy, like, if he says he wants to drop out, but then, you know, all of that. So I, I don't want to give up on him, of course. You know, I'm always trying to give him options. And so I'm just trying to... Trying to trying to um, learn any more I can about like that fine line of. Well, what, what I, let me see if I'm clear here. What I hear is you're you're concerned about your son, the decisions he's making in school. He's not telling you the truth, and you're trying to figure out what to do. Um, I'm I'm trying to figure out whether he is really truthful about really finishing high school or just wanting to really drop out. And so. Well, how um, are his grades? Oh, they're bad. Um, he had he had a situation in the past that has affected his grades for the future. Okay. Um, under the school system. All right. So he's discouraged. And, yes, big time. And he would like to. He would like to get his education. He needs his education. Yes, um, and it's so weird because I'm going into his room. He he writes down little things on little sticky notes on his um, Alexa stop. And he writes um, things, um, uh, what was one, uh, it said something about, um, oh, he said something, it's only one cycle if you never come off. And then there was one um, about, you know, uh, sometimes uh, we ruin things by caring too much. Um, All right, so he's a really discouraged kid. Where's dad? Is dad involved in his life? Um. Not really. I mean, he is, but he's not. I mean, he doesn't really want to go there on the weekends anymore because he has friends over this way. Um, and uh, unfortunately, he's gone down uh, All right. a little bit of the middle. Right. He's, he's, the yeah, I, I, I hear what you're. Yeah. I hear where you're going with that. Okay, you got a 16 year old son, so he's in what? Like, uh, is he a, trying to be a sophomore? He's, sophomore. he's probably only really a freshman with 15 credits. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> listen, listen. I hear your heart, mom. You want the best for your son. You sound like a precious mom, and you, and you walk that fine line that so many do. They don't want over control, but they want. Here's the here's the thing. Your son is discouraged. 
for, sounds like maybe for a lot of different reasons. Uh, if that were my 16-year-old son and, and I were where you are, I would sit down with him and I'd say, son, I love you and I want the best for you. You're 16 years old and uh, you may not be feeling it. I know you, yeah, and part of you are saying you want to finish, but there's part of you saying, hey, uh, you know, I'm failing. And you know what we do when we fail? When we fail, we don't want to keep doing the same thing, beating our head against the wall. And so when, when a kid feels like a failure, when an adult feels like a failure, they give up or they fight. It's really the choice. Either give up or you fight. And I mean in a positive way. And you, you got to help your son to say, look, you know, he's gone through this COVID thing that we went through for three or four years and the impact that had in schooling. And you could sound like you got other issues in the family going on. And uh, he, he's got to have some people speaking in his life and say, look, You've got great potential. God loves you. He's got something in store for your life. It may not be academics. It may not be you're going to go off and, and get a doctorate degree in something. That may not be where God leads you. That's okay. But you know what? you got to get this education. You need to get this high school education, and we want to help you do that. Now, there's some courses that you can take. And can, is there other ways that he can accomplish this? And I would take him by the hand, and I'd lovingly get him into the counselor and I'd sit down and say, here's where we are. Give us some options. What's going on? Does it need to be some testing? Or what, what do we need to do? What does he need to do that I can encourage him with to help him be successful at what, what needs to be done? One of the greatest things that can destroy a life is a feeling of discouragement. An expectation not met with reality always creates disappointment and discouragement. And for a kid, that can lead to disillusionment and just given up. Because for every child that's on the honor roll, that's winning all the games and doing all the right things, there's a kid on the other end of the spectrum that feels like a loser. And come on, some of you are adults now and you know exactly, and you could call in and talk to this mom and say, I, you know, I hung in there, I went through a season where I really felt like I gave up and I got back into the game. And we want to help him stay in the game. So I would encourage you, uh, Teresa, because you're struggling as a single, basically a single mom as I hear it, and you want to do the right thing with your son. Beth. I'm sorry, Beth. I'm sorry, um, Beth. You you want to do the very best for your your son. Take him by the hand and get some help. Address the problem. Ignoring a problem never solves it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Beth. Hi, my name is Kate. I was listening to the radio now, and I heard you talk about how you got yourself out of a bad situation, like the pressure of being sad. I was married, and um, when it ended, I was in a very bad place. I was depressed for like almost four years. I, I had kids, and they were like an inspiration to help me get out of where I was. And the main thing I did to get out of that depression and that bad place I was, was I also listened to you, Dr. Carlson, talking about being intentional. So I have to be intentional with the words I say to myself, with what I let get into my head. So I try to filter them and make sure they're always the word of God. And if I hear something and it doesn't align with the word of God, I get it out by prayers and letting the devil know to get deep behind me. And that is not of God. So that's the lie 
and I was intentional about going to church. I went to church that period almost every day. I knelt down and prayed a lot because I loved God and I knew He loved me. But then I didn't love Him as much as I did until I started spending more time with Him and getting to know Him more. And that's how I fell in love with Him because I believe love is a verb. And putting in the walk and the action got me to a place that was very good. And um, right now my life is not perfect, but I love my life beyond words because I love God and He loves me. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners just like you. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio, but it is intended to help you live an intentional life in Jesus Christ. Jeremy. My struggle started with sexual integrity. I'm intentional by staying in the Word and meeting with other brothers in Christ uh, once a week to share struggles and to encourage each other. God led me through a lot of difficult times to turn me into the man that He needed me to be, both for myself and for my family. Your membership with Intentional Living makes you a part of a team that encourages and strengthens each other to follow Christ. As a monthly member, you keep Intentional Living on the air. Join right now. Call 888-888-1717 or go to theintentionallife.com. Hey, listen, thanks to those of you that responded so much and so well uh, during this last month. We appreciated each of you who joined in support. And we want you to know that we're totally listener supported. We're not, we're not underwritten by some government grant or, you know, that kind of thing. It's just you and me and support the ministry say, let's let's keep this message going out, helping people live intentionally in Christ. That's why we're here. And I thank you for allowing me to be a part of your life. And your support matters. And when you join us in monthly support here in this new month, uh, we're going to make sure that you get access to the exclusive platform with all of our teaching content for the last couple of years from Intentional Living as a way of saying thank you for your support. Every month we try to put up some new material, new teaching Uh, That'll be an encouragement to you. So you can join us during West Coast Business Hours. Call 888-888-1717 or go online to theintentionallife.com, theintentionallife.com. By the way, pray for Teresa, that uh, dear lady. Yeah, I mean, you can hear it in her voice. She's just overwhelmed. She's in her house and going to lose her house. Just it sounded strange. That's why I want to make sure, Teresa, if you're still listening, just, just please Go and find somebody who's good at what they do to help you. And there's legal services available. That's why I always tell people, listen, if you got a, if you got a broken leg, you're not going to go see your auto mechanic, right? And if you got a broken radiator, you're not going to go see your heart surgeon. Because God gives and equips people in different ways, different skills. And so when we, we are in an issue, find somebody who's smarter, quicker, a little further down the road that can help you. That's true in marriage. That's why we encourage you, if you're having trouble with your marriage, get plugged into a marriage uh, support group in your church or married, young married couples or um, something where people can encourage you because they're going through it and there's some things to be learned. If you're having a medical problem, you see your physician, right? 
a legal problem, you see your attorney. And uh, when you have a spiritual issue, because all so often it's related to that, making sure we're going back to the source, uh, what Scripture teaches. All right, let's go. Terry is in Michigan. Hi, Terry. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for everything you do. Appreciate your call. Thank you. And it sounds like you want to encourage a caller we had earlier in the week, Joseph, who was in uh, the hospital and been in drugs, and he gave his life to Christ right there and then. Yes. I, I just want to offer him some uh, some encouragement in that. Um, to You know, he, he did the first, he took the first step, and that's so important is, you know, get, you know, getting given his life to Christ and get, you know, and that's where it starts. But I just want to encourage him to, to uh, after that, when he gets released from, from the hospital to get himself plugged into a church, because that's who, yes. that's where it's, he's going to help him more than anything. He's going to need people to come alongside him, to keep him accountable. And I've had many people that, you know, that, that say that, you know, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. As true as that is, uh, I, I guess uh, as somebody explained it to me this way, that the the church is called the Bride of Christ. So it, let's say you and I are great friends, but you despise my wife. You don't want to be around my wife. What does that do? To, how does that affect our relationship? The same goes with the church. If If we want a relationship with Christ, but we say, well, I don't need a relationship with his bride— what does that do for our relationship with Christ? Right. Oh, absolutely. And and uh, you, I hope Joseph is listening because as he gets out of that hospital, he needs to be plugged in. In fact, that's one of the things that we make as a priority, even on our own staff here, that we want our, our staff and our team to be plugged into a local church, a Bible-believing church, where they're going to have fellowship. And the good, the good news is uh, we're blessed in this country to have the freedom to do that. And there's different kinds. There's churches that... You know, there's churches that are more what we might call traditional in the way they worship, and there's others that are more contemporary. And uh, I think God gets a lot of joy and pleasure as he looks down at his children getting together and uh, worshiping him. And uh, so that, that's, that's really critical. That's a great reminder. I appreciate that a lot. Thank you, Terry, for your call from, uh, from Michigan uh, today. Taking your calls, leaving comments at 888-888-1717. We've got Hannah, uh, who has a question, comment for me from uh, from Arizona. Go ahead. I'm trying to figure out what is going on with my mother. Um, she's been a Christian for a very long time, but she is what most people would call a judgmental Christian. And I've been with my fiancé for eight years, and she just, completely hates him. She says she doesn't hate him. She just doesn't like him, but he has done nothing to hurt her or anything. Yes, some of his choices in life aren't what she likes, but she treats him really meanly, and now it's affecting our son, and she's putting her um, aggression and anger against our son. My question is, what can I do? Because I, I know that, you know, we're supposed to pray for our enemies, and it's, you know, my mom. So it's kind of weird saying enemy because, you know, she's not my enemy. However, it's definitely becoming um, very strainful on my relationship. Um, she's actually broken us up twice in the past eight years. Mm. So I just need advice. 
Well, listen, uh, you, you're, thank you, Hannah. There, there is so much there we could talk about. Um, d- just a couple observations from an intentional living perspective. Uh, I would ask you, we've been engaged for a long time. Why aren't you married? If that's something you both are committed to, and I would encourage you, if you want to follow God, I believe that's important. I believe that's important. Now, I'm not saying you're not committed to each other, but there's something before God and man that I, I believe is important. That's a question. I have another question. Why does your mom treat your son and his father so poorly? What's that about? If you ever ask her, take her out to lunch. Say, Mom, I don't get it. Now, I, I have a sus- I'm suspect that it might be her where she's coming from. She doesn't approve of your life and decisions you've made and the man you picked and all that kind of thing. Um, I, I'm suspect of that. But I, to talk to her and in the process to be able to be clear with her, well, well Mom, I, I need your prayer more than I need your criticism. Criticism kills. Uh, I need your encouragement for this man more than your criticism for him. And then third, I would ask, how did how did she break up your relationship several times? You you said that. Is your relationship so thin that somebody can break it up? I mean, that's a question I would ask about your marriage. Your marriage should be so strong that the boundary is in place. And so I'm wondering those are those are questions I would just throw out to you, Hannah. Um, if I were sitting down with you and I were your father, I would probably say, listen. You guys ought to get married. You ought to deal with whatever the issues are in your relationship. Put some boundaries in place with mom that are healthy and saying, mom, we need your support and love. We don't need your criticism. And then build your life on a firm foundation on God and then move forward that way. I mean, those are the things I would say, because I hear you care for your mom. Now, let me say something to your mom, because maybe she spun the radio down, just happened to stop here. You are not the Holy Spirit. For your daughter. You love your daughter. You're concerned for her and decisions she's making or whatever. I get it. A lot of us get it. We're all listening. We get it. But that's not your role. Your role is to pray every day. God, build a hedge of protection around that that group, that family. um, And help them become obedient to you and love you, care for you, do what, what you would have them do in their life to bring glory to you and benefit to their family. And I'd pray for them every day. But uh, again, it's not your job to be the Holy Spirit in their life. Okay, Hannah, I hear your heart. Hope that helps. Appreciate it. Let's go to Rose. Uh, Let me see. Uh, Oh, this one came in. This is one from our comment line. Take a listen. Um, And then I, I do have a comment on this. Take a listen. Hey, Dr. Randy. My name is Rose, and my question is, I've been married 25 years, and my husband is since having an affair. I don't know what to do. I want to work on my marriage, but he does not want to work on our marriage. He wants to be done. So I want to keep fighting and fighting for our marriage and to do what the Lord wants me to do, but I'm just quite unsure at this moment what the Lord wants me to do. I know I want my husband, and I love him, and I want my family. But does God want me to let him go? If you could just let me know. Thanks. You know, these are the most difficult of all questions, Rose, because it's two human beings making a decision, and you say, I'm fighting for my marriage, and 
should I let him go? Here's a fact. You don't have a hold on him now. The reality is he's chosen to abandon you and your marriage and be involved with this younger woman. That's a decision he's made in his life. And so when we talk about fighting for our marriage, um, that definition uh, really is important. How do you define fighting for your marriage? If you remember that movie that came out, I don't know, several years ago, The War Room on marriage, and it really was prayer. And this wife was going through a problem in her marriage, and she built a war room to pray every day uh, that God would work in their marriage and their life, and, of course, God's capable of restoring it. But fighting for your marriage does not mean, does not mean that you sit every day and are stuck because that's not going to be attractive to your husband. You need to be confident and grow and take care of yourself, move forward, right? And then pray, God, you do whatever you need to do in my husband's life. Don't support it. Don't encourage it. Don't be a party to it. Don't uh, apologize for it. If he's chosen to, to abandon your marriage and be involved with another person, you need to continue to be a strong, godly person and bring around you people who are going to support you. Encourage you, pray for you. Well, you know, and I, I give these answers, and I know there's just straightforward, do this, this, and this, because these are these are the things you really need to do. But then I also know doing them is tough because you got all the emotion. You love your husband, you got family, you're hurting, you're struggling, you want your marriage to work. But Again, the little three-foot rule I teach that you have no control over your husband, decisions he makes. And so if that's the case, you need to throw out that prayer and say, God, that's beyond my reach. If I could, I'd grab him and pull him back, but I can't. Only you can speak to his life. And you do in the life of my husband whatever you need to do. And then do in my life whatever you need to do in my life that I grow through this process. There's so many places in life where we can get stuck, and this is one of them. I hope that helps a little bit, Rose. I appreciate you sharing that with us. Let's take a uh, let's take a break. Right, we'll be right back. Have you ever said to your kids, "Hey, honey, we can't afford that. They want something, and you know it's about twice what is in the budget." Honey, we can't afford that. And we're talking this month about living by what we tell our kids. Hey, can I encourage us in this time of inflation and financial challenges that we just learn to be intentional when we see something to just tell ourselves, hey, I like that, that's really cool, but we can't afford that. That reminder can change your financial picture for your family for now and for the future because learning to be content with what we have, not an easy thing in the culture in which we live, but it can be life-changing. Hey, listen, what have you told your kids that you ought to be telling yourself? I sat down and did a list of several things. Um, like, we can't afford that, like you just heard. That was a clip from that teaching. Um, <laughs> lots of other things. Clean up your own mess. Go in your room and clean up your mess. Hello, how many of us have a mess in our life we need to clean up, right? Maybe our room or maybe a relationship. Um, go tell your father. Boy, there's a spiritual application there, isn't it? Talk to your father. Boy, that's something we need to tell ourselves too, right? So think about it. Maybe a little exercise for yourself. What are things you've told or are telling your kids <laughs> that you need to tell yourself? Mm, boy, I have my own list. All right. Uh, I think uh, we have time for one more question, this time from New Mexico. Go ahead. 
Hi, this is Embryo from New Mexico. My boyfriend and I have been going through some issues lately. We've been getting closer to God, and we have a baby together. We have every intention of getting married. It's just things have been really rocky lately. There's miscommunication. There's stuff like that. And so I'm just not sure how to go about handling this situation calmly, more poised in the eyes of God, because whenever we frustrate with each other, we start saying ugly things and we just get to the point where we don't even want to be around each other. And I know it shouldn't be that way. And so I, as the woman in the relationship, I want to be able to be that peace, that calm in the household. I want to be a person that he can come to and vent to and not be the another stressor in his life. We have a lot going on and stuff like that, buying new house, we have a baby, you know, stuff like that. And so I don't want to add more to his plate, but I also want to feel heard. And he is the kind of man that doesn't listen. And I just want to feel heard. I want to feel valued. And he just, he doesn't. So I just want to know if you have any input on how I can go about talking to him without raising my voice, without getting mad. Mm. So that way we can come to a resolution. He says I give attitude and stuff like that, which I do. And I don't want to do that anymore. So I just want to get some tools to help better myself Mm. for us. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. If you could just help me. I hear you. Let, let, Let me share a verse with you. It comes from Ecclesiastes. It says that the quiet words of the wise are more to be heeded than the shouts of a ruler of fools. And what that verse means is that uh, sometimes when we're trying to communicate with someone, we're trying to get a point through, volume matters. And the louder we get, the less effective we are. Have you ever noticed with your kids when you get really quiet, sometimes they pay attention better than when you raise your voice? Because they've learned how to be mother deaf and dad deaf too, right? They shut it off. Uh, what, I'm, what I'm pointing out is you're looking for one thing, Embryo, and I would encourage you to quietly but firmly, because you've said it, you said it three times in your question, I think, I want to be heard and I'm not being heard. Then I want to be a quiet wife and I, I hear all the, the things jumbling around in your head. Uh, I think you need to say to this man, I need you to hear me. I, I, you, you need to hear what I'm saying, okay? And I need to hear what you're saying. And if, 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 you're, if you two of you together can't break through to the point where you can sit down and communicate, which you should be able to do as human beings, then I would encourage you to spend the 150 bucks an hour and find a counselor, right? Find a Christian counselor who will help you do that very thing. Because without communication, you don't have a marriage. You don't have a relationship without communication. Coaches can't coach without communication. Parents can't parent without communication. And couples can't couple uh, without communication. And that's a key. And so I'd encourage you to really head in that direction. I hope that helps you. Speaking of communication, we're going to talk about that uh, tonight and tomorrow in Michigan uh, for our Intentional Love Marriage Date Nights. Looking forward to seeing all of you who've got tickets. Come early. Uh, We'll see you tonight and then tomorrow in in the metro Detroit area for the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night. Communication will be one of the topics, by the way. I'm Dr. Randy. God bless you. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time.